0: Welcome to the PropTech Podcast, it's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. I passionately believe we need to create and grow a sense of community between the innovators and real estate agents, and sharing our stories is a great way to do that, especially today. The aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a prop tech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible and to explore the issues and challenges raised by the tech and how they can create amazing property experiences. And this week is one for the commercial agents out there with an interview with Scott Wilson from Forbury. Now, Forbury is a commercial property valuation platform that allows commercial agents to confidently capture, calculate and support the logic behind complicated commercial property valuations. Now, Scott's a mathematician with an honours degree in operations research, who has worked as an investment analyst and business consultant before joining Forbury as a co-founder about seven years ago. Forbury is based in New Zealand, but regards itself as an Australian prop tech because all of its clients are all Australian big tier real estate agencies and property owners. So maybe that's like a reverse crowded house Russell Crowe thing, I don't know. Property valuations are the life source of the commercial property industry, but valuation logic is a closely guarded secret, a bit of a black box with every real estate agent having their own secret source. Now, in this interview, Scott and I discuss the issues around the absence of a commonly understood valuation model, but how Forbury allows transparency for agencies without revealing any of their IP. Are you intrigued? So, Scott Wilson, welcome to the PropTech Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Kylie.
0: Um, fantastic to have you on the show. So, so I um, can't wait to hear about Forbury. Tell us, what's the Forbury elevator pitch?
1: Well, yeah, this has um, certainly uh, been something I've I've uh, continued to refine and work on over the years. So I'll see if I can give it to you in thirty seconds or less, and you can tell me if the elevators maybe reach the bottom or top. Yep,
0: it depends what floor we're on, right?
1: <laughs> so, um, Forbury, for, for those of you that um, listening that don't know, uh, we're a commercial real estate valuation software or a prop tech, um, as you might might describe us, and we have been built and validated for. Uh, the real estate big six over the last two decades, so the Savills, the Jones-Langler Sells, the Colliers of the World, um, is really where we cut our teeth in building solutions for them. And uh, we've done that where we've seen a really sophisticated set of requirements for software like ours. So we've been able to work with with people in this industry to understand that. Uh, Forbury software, it's used for acquisitions modeling, external valuation instructions, and asset management in institutional markets, including Australia, Singapore, China, the UK, and others uh mm-hmm. annually our user base is increasing by around 60 percent year on year we're processing around about uh, a quarter of a million office industrial and retail valuations from around about 10,000 properties each year and uh like everything that that number's growing considerably we've actually just had a uh, a record month finishing in november that's the, that's that's about the uh, i'll leave it there
0: <laughs> ding <laughs> We're now on level, I don't know, seven, 17. Look, I was really excited to get you on the show because, like, it's been such a strange year and the commercial sector especially has been particularly affected. Um, and I'm cu- you know, and I, I understand how residential buildings are valued, but I'm really curious about about how different it is in the commercial space. So so how have commercial buildings traditionally been valued and what what is it that forbury kind of does that's different?
1: Yeah, um, it's a good question. So the the methodology I was I'll answer that question too. Parts the, the methodology that's used for commercial real estate is quite a bit different than residential, where you're relying uh, on comparable transactions quite heavily for for residential, and there's so much more volume to to rely on. Um, that that's kind of the, the approach. Whereas in commercial real estate, you're trying to understand. Uh, the, the size of the financial asset that underpins the the physical uh, property asset. Mm-hmm. And the approach that's commonly employed across the world for this is discounted cash flow. So trying to establish and project what cash flows you can expect to derive from sitting tenants, replacement tenants, what the cost structure will be, or capital profile we need to um, capture within that. So it's really about understanding the, the present value of future cash flows as the, um, as the primary means, and that's augmented as well by an income capitalization approach. So these methodologies are quite a bit different than, than in residential. How, um, how, how uh, commercial real estate has typically been valued uh, in Australia, where we've, we've got a, a lot of knowledge, is uh, um, the big firms would build their own proprietary models and often it would be uh, an Excel guru within the team. Oh. <laughs> but has uh, shown a propensity to be really good and really adept at using Microsoft Excel and uh, has gone and built a solution. And, and what we see is uh, a broad spectrum and of a quality of, of models that are in play across the market. And um, for a period of time they work and, and uh, firms love them because they can be crafted and customised and quite tightly controlled about how they would expect to use them. But inevitably people move on from roles. Uh, they um, get taken over by someone who maybe isn't as experienced or more experienced that tries to take in a different direction. So where Forbury provides a solution there is uh, to, to come in and basically take over that Uh, in-house Excel uh, solution that's quite comfortable, that people are comfortable with. We we, uh, continue to let our customers control their solution or their install of it to a large extent, but we help them out with the training we take over that development risk that goes with maintaining models.
0: Right. And I guess it makes sense that it started out in Excel because, I mean, net present value, all of those kind of concepts, they're highly sort of accounting CFO-ish kind of, Parts of the business, I imagine, in in the assets, and so there the, that's the tool that a, 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 an accounting team would typically use, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, and it goes right yep. back to you know when you come to valuation, you're you're trying to separate the the abstract from the physical. You're trying to understand what is the financial asset here.
0: Hmm. Is it okay that everyone's got their own way of valuing things, or is that similar to what goes on in banking where bank Different banks have different risk profiles. I'm just trying to understand, like, how do we get a universal view of what commercial property is like in Australia or in any country if everyone's valuing it according to different criteria?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's it's a good question. And there are standards, um, you know, the the API and um, uh, in Australia, at RICS globally, um, they will all publish standards around how to – best practice valuation methodologies and techniques, and they'll even, in some cases, go in and audit um, business processes around how these groups conduct valuations. I guess within all of that, the methodology that underpins each market, while it might be different in different parts of the world, there tends to be a lot of, um, because there is a lot of professionalisation of valuation in Australia, is there's a lot of um, commonly understood principles and methodologies. So even though the models that are used might be different, um, there's a lot of uh, a shared understanding of you on how to complete a commercial real estate valuation. And what we do with a software solution like ours is we help really bring that to bear with a single framework uh, to to, um, to help our customers really take advantage of all the thought and thinking that's gone into all the challenging aspects and the detail yeah. so that they can consistently derive, um, you know, the same answer from the same inputs.
0: Yeah, and I guess if you're going to be audited too, you don't want someone who's inherited three generations of Excel who doesn't really know what's going on under the hood, right?
1: Oh, it's far too risky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> everyone's got everyone's got a horror terrifying. story about Excel era. Um and you know I think that uh, while well, we provide, I accidentally
0: broke the macro. Yeah, oh no!
1: That's it. <laughs> and you know we we provide our solution in Excel, so uh, that that is uh, an interesting dynamic to sit here and say um, that it is a problem because you know everyone's uh, everyone that's listening that has a lot of experience using Excel has probably been um, or seen evidence of that. Um, while we provide our solution back into Excel. It's the same core Excel solution, the same UI, the same underpinned engine and logic base that we give to all of our customers that we've grown out over nearly two decades. Um, and it has a whole lot of inbuilt error checking. So it's not so much that uh, you should be scared of Excel. It's more if you're going and starting from scratch and building a technical broad solution that you need to do valuations of, for example, you're you're going to inevitably produce errors. And, and and that start again approached. So we, yeah. we build on our expertise and all the validation that goes with our product.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Excel's only as good as the people who are driving it. Really, at the end of the day, if or in the setting up of um, of templates in it. So I, I get that. So how how big a problem in is or issue is is valuation in commercial property? Like, what's help us get a feel of how how the size of the sector.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, So internationally, I think um, the the last stat I saw was the commercial real estate is around about thirty-one trillion U.S. dollar market in terms of the the stock of commercial real estate, and that's enormous. Um, Mm. You know, any way you cut it, I think Australia and New Zealand combined is less than three percent of that, uh, (laughs) and the U.S. is an enormous share. Even Asia Pacific uh, is is still quite small relative to where it is, is globally um and understanding the value of that stock which is increasing as interest rates tighten across the world um is is an increasing challenge uh and particularly because there's different models different methodologies at play around the world um the size of the problem uh relates in a few ways to, to where the problem is i think that the um The institutionalisation of commercial real estate is a theme that we see a lot of. This is the um, uh, you know, increasingly professional management of uh, periphery CBD assets or assets that would otherwise be family owned that have um, been bought by a professional fund manager. So increasingly the asset pool that's coming under professional management is increasing Mm -hmm. um, and the groups that are looking to acquire and really broaden their base of assets under management need a solution that they can rely on, that's accurate, that's got integrity uh, and validated and that they're familiar with to get the speed and and, um, confidence benefits of of underwriting at scale with with confidence. So um, the the problem there, as I see it, is uh, is a combination of uh, how you establish trust in that dynamic, how you deliver uh, a reliable, um, quick, fast solution and how you are consistently valuing those asset pools across the market.
0: Right. So one of the things that for, um Forbury obviously does is if I am a um, a commercial uh, real estate agent and I'm helping a client make a decision as to whether they want to buy a property it's going to help me understand quickly whether that property fits within my portfolio of risk and and whether it's going to get me the return that I want right?
1: Absolutely. You know, yep. you, you might even be the recipient of a share, in which case you're opening up a, uh, a populated model. Um, you've got the agent or whoever's prepared its assumptions around growth or market rent. You go and overlay your own views, uh, and in ten minutes, you 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 kind of have almost a board paper ready uh, investment committee template um, view on what that uh, asset is worth, and if that meets your internally defined investment hurdles, you know whether mm-hmm. to proceed or not.
0: Awesome. Okay. Cool. So, so if every, so there's there's two questions I want to ask you. If, if every building around or every commercial building around the country was using something like the uh, like well, like Forbury, what how would that change or how would that influence commercial real estate in in Australia?
1: Uh, it would, it would,
0: would, would we notice it?
1: <laughs> would you notice it? Um, would you notice it? I think that
0: just a lot of really happy real estate agents and, and landlords out there going, that was easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of time that's soaked up, um, which is uh, really around, um, I guess, addressing some underlying inconsistencies in the data uh, because. Because a lot of groups that, that are in this space use different management systems, um, and some will even have uh, you know basic Excel sheet processes for what they otherwise need a technical solution for. They're producing the information that needs to be used in evaluation of, in various formats, and and some of them have um, data quality or data uh, accuracy issues within you know who is the tenant in this space or is the space vacant or leased. So there's there's a real um, uh, not disparity, there's a there's a real difference in um, the way the information is presented and what what mechanism it's presented in, what system it's come out of, and also how up-to-date that information is. So when you start putting all that into a consistent format, so if it was all valued in Forbury, for example, what that would mean is you've got a, a really consistent base of the information that's used to value uh these assets and that starts to open up real efficiency benefits for all the participants in that market it means that the information um the the preparation of evaluation becomes much more uh much faster much more reliable and consistent because it's all using the same approach and it means that the participants in the market can actually can turn their attention to the kind of the value-add aspects to that Around you know, are we redeveloping this asset? Where are the opportunities to replace tenants at a higher rent? Where are the opportunities to cut costs? Um, those sorts of uh, efforts around how you can actually start to put management attention to improving the value right. become the focus rather than the, the preparation of the valuation itself.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so we would see commercial real estate teams and landlord teams being able to f- focus on the asset and growing. And improving the asset rather than the maintenance of the mechanics that go into just owning stuff.
1: oh look I think so and, yeah. and it comes down to the mandate because if a group is uh, acquisitive and they're really looking to grow their assets under management and they're looking to take advantage of that um, you know low interest rate uh, trend in the institutionalization of property it might mean that they can grow their asset under management base faster because they can underwrite at greater speed at greater confidence and move through. Uh, you know, what is a, an amount of capital to deploy in that space much faster.
0: So so Scott, if I, if I had all of my property portfolio and I was using Forbree and I've just come through COVID, what sort of things would Forbree be helping me understand right now about, the, about differences with vacancy or, or, or around that COVID period?
1: Yep so um, we have a portfolio consolidation tool that allows uh, you know a person in that scenario to aggregate and, and consolidate all the valuation and cash flow information so to see uh, you know if you've got a valuation prepared on all of your assets at 31 December for example you can bring that together in one one report and see what the um, the portfolio looks like from a cash flow and valuation perspective. We've also brought to market this year a comparison tool that allows our customers to get into the down and dirty of each each property itself and run scenarios and sensitivities at those property models to understand. Okay, you know, COVID impact is uh, affecting um, retail tenants and the subway on the ground floor here uh, might have to terminate its lease in February, even though it's expected to run out to 2025. So you can. Start modeling up scenarios like that at speed mm. yep. and utilizing the cloud-based infrastructure that supports forbury start to really understand the valuation and, and uh, investment return impacts of those types of um, sensitivities and changes on each property model itself as well
0: okay awesome cool so so how big are you guys now how bigs forbury
1: uh, yeah, so um, like I said earlier, we, we're, pro- we're processing around about a quarter of a million valuations per year uh, across office industrial retail. We've brought to market develop solution as well, um, which will allow our customers to really understand uh, greenfield development investments and in time the, the, um, the, the repurposing of a asset that might be getting uh, expanded or, or uh, its, its use type changed. Uh, so we, we now have three core products that we're selling to the market, commercial, retail and, and develop um we have i think around about 100 customers like i said across australia new zealand uh, singapore japan we are also growing into china and the uk at the moment i got off a call just before this one with our head of the uk and um based in london Mm -hmm. and we have a, a team size now above 20 so that's growing from i think it was around about 12 or 13 when we finished last year so it's a it's a bigger team uh we have scaled up and brought a lot of expertise into the business in fact that's one of being one of the really big um, boons of COVID for us is the amount of, uh, I guess, really talented and uh, highly competent professional expertise we've been able to bring into the business through recruitment activity over the course of twenty twenty.
0: Mm, awesome, awesome. So, so tell me a little bit about your background. How did you become a startup founder? Yeah, okay. How did you get into this crazy proptic universe? <laughs> I know,
1: yeah. um, So my, my background is I, I studied um, something which you might describe as applied mathematics. I, I have previously worked as a consultant in the public sector space. Um, I worked uh, in an insurance strategy role in the UK for a while. And uh, my role prior to Forbury was um, how I actually met Steve, who's the other founder of Forbury. And uh, we... Uh, The two of us and a few other people ran the corporate finance team of a uh, resources company that that had um, coal investments and a number of other venture capital type of investments in and around coal deposits in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how we met. We we were in a corporate finance team together. And uh, in 2013, Steve, who had been um, leading the opportunity up to that point, had identified the the niche spot which Forbury now occupies, and said uh, said to me, "Do you want to lead this business? Do you want to get it started? We've got a couple of uh, groups that are interested in our approach, um, but this really needs someone to to put full time effort and dedication towards it for for a period of time to see if it can fly." So I started doing this in twenty fourteen uh, off the back of. I guess what were a couple of MVP products back then? Um, We were very much in startup phase, although the dynamic that was a little bit different from us is that uh, through Steve's decade of experience uh, building valuation models prior to the origination of Forbury, we had a lot of, uh, we had an element of a network to tap into. and also a bit of know-how about the product and how the product needed to work to solve these particular pain points we're talking about. So that was a little bit different than what other startups get. They're typically looking to prove that on the way through, um, and that, that's what we did. We licensed the software. We um, worked with uh, our initial customer sets to really understand how it needed to work for them, and really took the learnings from that to uh, apply more broadly to the product. And you know, as as the customer. and as we continued to learn more and more about all the different um, nuances and and requirements of a solution like ours, we were able to wrap that into the core product and distribute that back out to the the group of customers. So they continued to benefit from the additional functionality we're building and ensuring across that network. And so now it's at the point where we're very much, um, you know, we're well, well through that market and product validation exercise and now looking to expand into new markets.
0: Okay, awesome. And now let's hear a word from our sponsors. For almost 16 years, Direct Connect has made moving easy for over 1.2 million renters and homeowners by arranging connections to a wide range of services from electricity and gas to internet and pay TV. With a national team of local account managers who are experts in the industry, Direct Connect are there to support your real estate business with competitive rewards for every successful connection, plus an industry leading rewards program. The connection process is simple and Direct Connect's always on guarantee ensures your customers will be connected on the day they move in. Direct Connect offers a range of market leading suppliers and Direct Connect has now made it even easier than ever to send connections directly integrating with MRI software's property tree. So in just a few clicks while processing a tenancy you can send the connection details through and get your customers connected. To make the right connection and find out how Direct Connect can make moving easy for you and easy for your customers, visit agents.directconnect.com.au or call 1300 558 169. Where does the name Brew come? That's not Steve's surname, is it?
1: It's not, No. No. <laughs>
0: I had this as I said that I had this kind of oh I can't remember Steve's surname. What if <laughs> It's not Forbury. It's
1: not Forbury. Steve Forbury. <laughs> um, no, the 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 name Forbury I think it comes from when his uh, family settled in New Zealand from the UK. Uh, they built a homestead in the South Island, and the homestead was called Forbury.
0: Um, ah, awesome. Okay.
1: It's been in his family, and that's where that's where it originally came from.
0: Nice, very nice. So, so how hard has it been? Like, because you guys are based in Christchurch, aren't you? But, but you, but you, all of your clients are in Australia, um, predominantly.
1: Uh, Yeah, and overseas our um our our custom bases. Um, you know that that's a changing profile at the moment, but that's certainly where we got started and where we grew, and that's Mm -hmm. based based on that professionalisation of commercial real estate and the need for valuation products out of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Mm -hmm. uh, as we've been able to get started. But we have our headquarters here in Christchurch. We've got a a team based in Sydney, and um, more recently a UK.
0: Okay, so so how hard is it for crop tech startups to get cut through in Australia because we hear a lot of you know because the the commercial end of town is a, is a very big beast and has a very slow sales cycle and um how, how what was your the secret to your success
1: Oh yeah, um, I think I think it is tough. I mean, the, there is this. You know, standing back, there is this enormous opportunity. I think even within Australia, you're talking hundreds of billions um, of of assets under management and commercial real estate, and uh, it is an industry um, by and large that struggles to innovate. And I, I think that's that's because the stakes are so high.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, when whenever. You know, whether you're a startup or you're working inside a, a corporate and looking to introduce change, um, the problem is that to try anything new when the stakes are so high means that you have to go out on, on such a limb and it makes it so hard to uh, to suggest change. You know, you take, for example, um, development uh, when, you're, when you're potentially considering a new development, um, you're, you're looking at that opportunity in much the same way you're competing. Um, a competing bidder would be looking at it so everyone has the same cost position the same QS figures uh, you know the same build systems and the same contractors that they'll be using to build that development therefore the land property values get inflated um, so to to really pay a premium and and outbid your rivals means you have to try something a little bit different and as a result it just doesn't happen so you, you end up in this position where innovation and that sort of environment becomes quite challenging. Mm. I think we're, the, the area we're sitting in is um, kind of in this investment space. Like I said, we're estimating the financial asset and the value of that financial asset. What has always been a focus of ours is really proving a win for our customers. You know, We have to be confident when we're pitching our software that we believe ourselves that when we go in and sell our solution, we are delivering something that's better than what they're currently doing. Um, and if, if that's not been the case, if we haven't been able to prove that or we, we, um, we haven't been able to deliver that win for our customers, we do a lot of soul-searching. We, uh, we look really, really hard at what, the, what happened and why, and we keep coming back to it. So um, you know, it, it's, it's been something we've maintained a, a pretty dogmatic focus on in the last seven years to make sure the products that we deliver to the market get trusted, get used, and can actually provide a win for our customers. Um, that's just you know, basic business principles, but applied in a, a software sense to being able to um, make sure that we are confident ourselves that we're delivering a solution that adds value.
0: Yeah, we, we see at the moment, don't we, that the, 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 in the opportunity that prop techs offer commercial uh, real estate businesses are often around... Efficiency and saving time and 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 therefore money, but the problem the the challenge they come up against is that the the cost of the inefficiency is actually baked into the business model already. So so people kind of oh but I I know how to do it and I know how much time it's going to take me, and we know how much money we're going to make if we do it that way. So doing it your way might work, but it. But there's often that kind of, but it might not or it might take me a bit of time to learn it and therefore I'll lose time and therefore I'll lose efficiency while I'm in that in that handover period, which is what often freaks people out.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And we, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, Kylie.
0: Yeah, we did. Panel. <laughs> uh,
1: I think, um, you know, thinking back to that as well, it's, It's until someone tries it and and gets a success story out of it, you know, and and there's so many aspects of prop tech, but if a new methodology is better than the way things have been done before, it's going to command interest from everyone that has that same problem. Uh, So it it doesn't take much. And I think it comes back to the reasons groups will look to undertake change in the first place. There must be a real problem there. Uh, And and it might not even be that the cost is considered too high. It might just be that, um, that the staff involved in dealing with that inefficiency, you know, are just hating life. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they are unhappy, and that's because they have to deal this rework every day. So yeah. you know, you're almost thinking there's, there's a whole lot of aspects about why you might try something different, including just the mental well-being of your team. Mm. Um, and people get in behind that. So if you if you actually uh, go down that track and, and and, and start down that track, and, and get that win, and, sh- and show the team that actually there is a better way. That starts to attract really high-quality people to your team, and um, because people want to work with the best tools, they want to um, be seen as market-leading in their own right. So I think, uh, I think whether or not efficiency is baked in, and, and whether there's budget to try something different, I think that's that's kind of an old way of looking at it. I think increasingly there is a, a broader set of objectives that. Um, that companies who are looking to try PropTech, whether it's through a company like Forbury or whether it's internally through a change program that, that might be led out of an internal development effort.
0: Mm-hmm. Incre-
1: increasingly, there's just broader objectives at play um, that, that are governing that.
0: Yeah, okay. So what's the competitive landscape? Who, who do you guys, you know, who else is out there doing stuff similar to Forbury?
1: Yep, um, it's a bit of a niche that we occupy. Awesome. Uh, it's it's valuation <laughs> software for uh, commercial real estate. Um, there's a global incumbent who uh, has a, a a strong position in the US called Argus, um, who we compete with. Uh, but I think you know four out of five times when we we're pitching, it's it, it's not coming up. It is uh, groups that are using their own spreadsheets, uh, and they. Okay have got to the point where um you know similar to like we were just talking about there might be an efficiency or maybe there's a fear that um you know a deal will fall over because they've got the wrong answer and don't have confidence in their own numbers or um you know james left two months ago and he's spent the last three years building this model and now we haven't got someone to take it over with
0: now there's this thing that says some error and i don't know how to fix it
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah i open it up and there's areas everywhere so um we, we're increasingly uh i'd say four out of five times um, when we pitch forbury it's um, against that backdrop which is there is an established way of doing it it's been internally built and while it's worked for a period of time um, we can see the shortcomings of it and we've heard about forbury in the market so that's kind of what we see a lot of uh so that competitive landscape's a little bit different there's actually while there are competing solutions they're quite different from our approach and our solution and what uh, what we often come up against is um, uh, groups that just haven't thought about a software solution in place of how they're currently doing things.
0: Okay, awesome. As a real estate agent, you know you need to be doing more content marketing. But creating posts for social media, creating videos and reports is hard work, lots of hard work, and it takes time. So that's why you need Homeprezo. If you're a typical agent posting one or two social media posts a week, HomePrezo can save you between 75 to 100 hours a year. How many more properties could you sell with if you had that time back? HomePrezo can help you create engaging, informative videos about how the property market in your local suburb is performing. Plus, it makes creating suburb reports, rental videos for landlords and social media infographics an absolute piece of cake. If you can type in a suburb or type an address, you can create a Prezo using Home Prezo in just a few minutes. Listeners to the PropTech podcast receive a 14-day free trial. Now, that's twice as long as the normal free trial. So go to homeprezo.com.au and click the sign up button and use the code PropTech to get your extended free trial. Or we'll click the link in our show notes. So, so what do you see? Are the next um, what do you see the next five years holds for the future of real estate, especially in the in the area that you're playing in?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's trends that are well advanced pre-COVID. Uh, the institutionalisation of commercial real estate, if anything's been accelerated through an even lower interest rate environment. Um, you know that that's a generational shift as uh, Western um, populations around the world continue to grey. There's this almost competing of of mum and dad investors and everyone uh, trying to search for yield, and I think that's starting to come through into. Re- Uh, commercial real estate again um, Mm. at speed and and at pace at the moment. So this kind of backdrop of uh, institutionalisation of real estate, professional funds management of what were previously family-owned assets, low interest rate environment and highly competitive and sought after um, uh, assets that offer an inflation indexed uh, adjustment for people's incomes as they retire and get older. And in our space, um, I, I think that there's this enthusiasm around data and how it's used. And I think this is something that um, uh, gets talked about a lot, but I think a lot of groups um, don't know how to take it forward. Mm. And I think part of the reason there is that um, there's a lot of sensitivity about the information that would go into a Forbury model, for example, or that would get used as part of an acquisitions analysis or as part of a um, an exercise to understand what this type of lease arrangement would look for this tenant. And that's because the information is confidential to a tenant, to the owner, um, and potentially to a bank as well or another intermediary. Um, but it's a it's a very sector specific challenge which is how do you start to provide a broader and more open dialogue about that data and, and start thinking about the greater good of where you can start to aggregate on mass that data and, and provide a shared benefit for it it's not the forbury model you know we are we are providing a software solution that helps people do what they do more effectively and faster so we have no ambitions in this space but we do see a lot of it we do see a lot of enthusiasm around the opportunity that data can unlock, and equally, a lot of concern and fear about how our data gets used. I think there's a within the next five years, someone's going to um, provide some uh, solutions around this, where uh, someone who's not, uh, you know, dealing with a segment of the market is able to open that up and provide a tool that allows the the market participants to benefit from the greater good of a open, more shared dialogue about the data and how it's used.
0: So you're saying. What bringing the data to bringing the high end data together to see insights across multiple data groups without showing any of the personal or or proprietary information that can't be shared. Yep, yeah. that's right.
1: Yep. And this yep. this happens a lot in residential. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Groups uh, that were we're all over it. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, I think uh, when you sort of um, gear that up to the commercial space, it hasn't really translated yet um, there are groups trying and we you know we've we've um, been learning more about this space just to try and understand who has what data and how they're looking to either integrate that data into a for solution or if it's their data they're putting into a forbre solution how they can um, leverage that out of a forbr solution into some other platform we're talking to, uh, to groups all the time about these opportunities uh, but it, to me that doesn't and certainly in australia at least it doesn't seem to me that there's someone who's well who's well positioned at this point to take forward a conversation about how to aggregate anonymize and then share value on that aggregated data pool mm. well
0: there's always been a lot of reluctance in that space at the big end of town isn't there because it's always been seen as the secret source that the different brands brought to their clients was their view of the the, the commercial universe so but what we what we've seen in res in the residential space is that, when you aggregate it and anonymize it, and then share it out to everybody, everybody's um, everybody's standards rise, and a common language starts to occur around around it. And then, as a real estate brand, you start to focus on service and other elements of your business that make you, you know, unique. And and rather than spending a whole lot of time crunching data.
1: Yeah, and um, the, there is uh, I guess the exponential rise in, in technology and, and particularly around things like machine learning where for an analyst who's on you know has access to broad data sets they have new tool sets available to make use of it. Mm. Um, and this is only going in one direction here. So I think groups <laughs> that do have scale access to it and th- those real estate big six are well placed to do this but you know think about a scenario where they that combined are able to do so much more. Um, would would be able to really take forward.
0: So, so what would the impact of that be on the commercial real estate landscape of Australia? If if suddenly we had a universal, consistent view across all of our commercial assets, what would that empower us to do as a country and community?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it, it starts to. Um... It starts to provide a lot more symmetry on what data is available uh, i think is probably the key one um, you look at the us where there's groups like costar and uh, comp stack and groups like that that have been able to um, create business models where they've been able to uh, offer rewards for receiving data from agents from um, leasing agents or, or valuers or anything like that where they've been able to build out these very very sophisticated pictures of new york city for example that Um, that show who the tenants are and what space and what rents they're paying, for example. The the analytics, all the opportunity that can come from that about what you can start doing with that data opens up so many more doors. Um, And I think that there's a real opportunity in the next five years for a group to, um, if they're able to, I guess, solve this issue and and provide comfort to groups around what they're doing with it, to start to... um, uh, really leverage the uh, technology that's becoming more available to analysts in this space. Mm,
0: and we I don't, don't know the
1: answer. I do, actually no, no. don't know the answer, Chloe, <laughs> no, no, if no, I'm really don't. honest, but I think there's a <laughs> big opportunity there for
0: you. I, I think we're completely theorising here, but that's okay, um, because I'm really curious to know about whether that then changes what our cities look like and how we work and live and and play in them. Like, what would the impact of that be? What would the impact of it be on our buildings? Would it speed up smarter buildings? Would it would it give us greater incentives to be updating and? You know, uh, look. Transparency is such an in, you know. Transparency makes so many interesting things happen. It would just be fascinating to kind of think that through. Maybe we'll do a prop tech panel on it for the prop tech association. Chew <laughs> it over. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll put that down for twenty twenty one.
1: About what what it could look like as well.
0: <laughs> cool. So, what does the future hold for Forbury, Scott?
1: Ah, uh, the future for Forbury. So we um, we've through i guess really the support of our customers and um continuing to build out solutions that they help us validate we've we've established a very strong position in australia um, you know in this niche area that we're in which is providing commercial real estate software that's primarily used for valuations but also for underwriting um, like i said at the start australia represents less than three percent of global commercial real estate so we've got this opportunity to leverage our position in australia into international markets um, where. we're pushing pretty hard at the moment with the UK, and we'd love to hear from anyone who's listening to this. If if you can uh, connect us with anyone in the UK who can help us take forward the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. Um, equally, we are looking at other markets, including China, that look really interesting for different reasons, where I guess the professionalisation of real estate uh, hasn't quite... Uh, matured yet, and there's an opportunity for groups that have a solution to establish a position really early on. And we're, we're always mindful of the opportunity in the US as well. So we've got this uh, really strong position and a lot of confidence, a fantastic team to take forward the Forbury approach, uh, the products within it, and uh, increasingly our strategy is focused around how we leverage them to new markets. With that said, we've also got a really strong focus on our existing customers and what their challenges are. Uh, you know, in that valuation space it's increasingly how do I aggregate my data from Forbury? You know, they're, they're cleaning up their data as they put it into Forbury models. So how can we start to um, leverage and use that information if we're putting it into this consistent format? Uh, Equally, how do we use um, uh, our network of information around lease evidence and sale evidence and start mapping that through to Forbury so that we can start to put a bit more speed and rigour into some of the assumptions we're adopting in evaluation. So we're also mindful of the opportunities here in Australia with our existing client base based on the strong relationships we have and the high degree of knowledge we have about um, some of the pain points that those groups have in their business and how we might be well placed to help them with the solution.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, look, Scott. It sounds it sounds awesome. Um, thank you so much for your time today and for explaining about the commercial value, real estate valuation world. I feel <laughs> I feel like I know a lot more than I did when I started.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it is an interesting space. It's, it's niche, but it's um, yeah. it's a uh, high value area in Australia and globally. So I'm glad to glad to uh, talk to you about it and hopefully you learned something and
0: well you've got 97 percent, you know uh, runway gr- greenfield out there to, <laughs> to to grow the business <laughs> awesome all right thanks so much for being on the show thanks Kylie So that was Scott Wilson from Forbury, which is making it easier and faster for commercial agents to create complex commercial property valuations and financial forecasts, and to understand better the logic that goes on behind them. Now, while I realise it's a bit geeky, I've always really been curious about why commercial property is so different to residential property valuations, where there's a more centralised and shared and broadly understood backdrop as to what makes up a property value. But I also understand that each bank has their own risk profile in residential and so therefore the valuation of a residential property from one to another is often different based on those risk profiles. So I suppose in a way, different commercial agencies providing different valuations is not so unique. But greater transparency around commercial building valuations would surely be hugely beneficial to the commercial property industry. The easier it becomes for people to understand basic valuations, the greater the pool of people and businesses interested in investing in the sector. And what we've seen in residential is that it also sparks a whole range of additional innovation and technology. Now, I know the counter argument to that is that um, commercial valuations are very, um difficult because it's hard to compare apples with apples but um, you know transparency is always good now look this is just my opinion for Bruce technology is very much dedicated to working with specific agencies and supporting the current secret source model so if you're an agency that needs help with your valuation modeling they're a great asset to have on your team Now, If you've enjoyed this episode of the PropTech podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn, or Facebook. You can follow the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Apple iTunes. I would like to thank my audio support, Charlie Hollands and the fabulous Jill Escudero and our sponsors, Direct Connect, making moving easy, Smidge Wines, official wines of the PropTech community and HomePres are now part of ActivePipe and making marketing automation easier than ever before. Now, the PropTech podcast will be taking a short break over Christmas. I think everyone needs a holiday this year, and I know I am worn out. <laughs> but I'll post up some more of the PropTech panels uh, that we did with the PropTech Association. So thank you for your support this year. Have a wonderful, safe Christmas, and I'll see you in the new year. Until then, keep on teching.